0: Third for this CONCACAF W Gold Cup USA Mexico recap. Uh, history was made. Mexico defeats the United States for the first time ever on U.S. soil 2 0 in the final group stage match of the CONCACAF W Gold Cup. Mexico wins group A. Both Mexico and the United States have qualified to advance to the quarterfinals of the Gold Cup tournament. We have so much to break down alongside Darian Jenkins I'm Lisa Carlin um we're going to give an honorary shout out to Sandra Herrera this morning because I don't know if she ever actually fell asleep last night. (laughs) Um, She was so excited for this. We did get to hear her a little bit post-game on the studio show that you were on, Darian, and and hear her excitement. But she is not with us today. She's on vacation getting some well-deserved R&R. So special hats off to Sandra. We will try to do this episode justice for you and give Mexico their praise. But Darian, USA, Mexico, wow. I, I mean, what are your initial thoughts? Because I'm I'm still trying to find the words right now.
2: Uh, Yeah, it was insanity. I mean, even from the start of the game, Mexico just looked like they wanted it more. I, that was the theme for the rest of the game. They were pressing the crap out of US's backline, um, preying on mistakes, which is something we haven't seen a team do. It was kind of everything we've been wanting a team to challenge the US to do, to really expose them where their weaknesses are, which was speed in the back, um, not being technically clean enough when a team is pressing, uh, and not being able to score. It it it's been the same conversation, not being able to score when a team is organized, um, and doesn't al- like really doesn't allow you any chances wide open on goal. You have to be creative, you have to pull them out, you have to disorganize them. And I think against a good opponent opponent, the US wasn't able to show up. And to Mexico's credit, Their game plan was solid, and they were finishing their chances. It was – you could just sense the passion coming off of the field from them, and it was hard to not just be excited watching them whenever they got on the ball because you didn't know what was going to happen.
0: Yeah, only four shots on target for Mexico and two of them find the back of the net. So you said, hey, Mexico's finishing their chances. But like it's not – honestly, if you're just looking at the scoreline, it's not like Mexico had 50 chances, right? They, they took their opportunities that were given to them, the moments where they saw holes in the United States and were very clinical. This uh, United States side – Um, I think looked less than they had in their previous two matches. Um, Overall, I think I want to put that out there to start this because it's not as if they were playing at the same level that they did against the Dominican Republic, against Argentina. Um, Mexico came out a little bit harder than them, a little bit more organized, a little bit more focused in this match. So overall, the U.S. was kind of leveled down at the opening whistle of this game, which definitely set a different tone. Maybe against a different opponent, the U.S. could have climbed back at right, even if you're down nil nil at halftime, um, to come back and and be able to get into this game. But I mean, it's it's the same old story against better opposition. The United States. where they fall apart and how they fall apart, don't worry. We're going to dive into the entirety of this game because there's so much to talk about. The U.S. losing 2-0 to Mexico. We have to start with the starting lineups, though, Darian, because when these dropped for the United States, um, there were seven changes made by Twyla Kilgore, uh, Alyssa Neyer in goal, Abby Dahlkamper, Becky Sauerbrunn, um, and Crystal Dunn, Emily Fox across the back. Lindsay Haran, Rose Lavelle, Sam Coffey, Trinity Rodman, um, Lynn Williams, and Sophia Smith. Sorry, I was trying to read those in formation order. Um, that was what impressive. What out to you? <laughs> what
2: stood
3: out to I you just about.
0: Read top to bottom? <laughs> um,
2: you know, in the studio, we were talking about you know, it is this, but the preferred lineup. We spoke with Kelly O'Hara. Are these the players that you know maybe have had the best camp or played the best in the last two games that we're seeing a little bit more of a tighter starting 11 true starting 11 come together for the U S and she said, maybe, maybe not. This could be another experimental game. I personally think it was the best lineup that maybe they wanted to throw out and test, but. I don't think so. No, it's not lineup. I think they wanted Becky in the back with her leadership. I think that that's where they went with that. I, I don't agree with it, but I think that maybe from the coach's standpoint, that's where they went. Um, but the thing that lacked that we were concerned about is, is there going to be chemistry? These players haven't had a ton of time together in this new system. It's been a lot of experimenting, it's been a lot of interchange. He said seven new changes again. It's it's interesting against a Mexico squad who really found their solid starting 11. They were very strategic in who they put out um, and had a have a lot of depth. and it was it really showed, I think, I, I don't know. It, it didn't seem like a lot of chemistry with this starting 11. Um, and even in the changes that happened in the game, it, it just didn't make a lot of sense from what Mexico was giving them to continue kind of beating a dead horse, for better words to say. But um, yeah, I mean, I was excited to see this lineup, but it, it didn't make sense in real time in the game.
0: I, yeah. So I agree with you. As soon as this dropped, I was honestly a little surprised to see Alyssa Nair in goal. I just thought we were going to see Casey Murphy get another 90 minutes in it. But for Nair, that was her 99th cap. Um, the, the only consistent players from Argentina to Mexico, Crystal Dunn, Lindsay Horan, Rose Lavelle and Trinity Rodman um, that started in this game for the United States. This was Emily Fox's first start of the tournament. Um, So the only reason I'm going to say that this is not their ideal, and I I said this as the lineup came out as well, is because Naomi Gurma wasn't in it. I just don't think you you bring in Becky Sauerbrunn and say, hey, you're going to be in our ideal starting lineup when she wasn't initially on the roster. I think it was Gurma. Maybe something's up with her, a knock. Why she didn't get a start? Why she didn't get any minutes in this game? There could be something happening there, which is a bit uh, of a different wrinkle. Meanwhile, uh, for Mexico on the other side of things, they did change their lineup a little bit. um, From their last matchup, no Diana Ordonez, but Maria Sanchez – Palacios, Ovalle, Hernandez, Nieto, Delgado, Luna, Espinoza, Bernal, Fral um in the back line. But it looked pretty good for Mexico, right? Like this was a group that we saw them test in their first two games of the group stage, try out different things, try out a few different systems. Um, with this lineup for Mexico, what suited them best with this, do you think? Or what do you think when you saw this?
2: Uh, yeah, I think that they were strategic in bringing O'Donnell on as a sub. Uh, obviously, would have loved to see her start, but I think with Espinoza and Hernandez in, it was a it was a good change. Um, they were incredibly tactical. They played chess, not checkers. Um, they were really preying on those transition moments. Uh, the high press was incredible to watch. Um, it was incredibly organized, and they were relentless. Um, but a player that really stood out to me, Ovalle, I thought she looked so dangerous. Um, she was pouncing on everything. She was incredibly, incredibly technical. Um, she connected the lines really well. She came back. She was in the eight, her own defensive 18 at one point, clearing the ball um, off of Trinity Rodman's run. She was all over the pitch, and you could just tell how much she wanted. And I think that energy was felt by the rest of the team. Um, And I have to give uh, credit to Mexico's back line because I thought that they were so organized and tight. They didn't really give U.S. many chances. Besides, Trinity Rodman had two that I think looked decent, um, but there wasn't anything that looked super threatening. They weren't able to break them down, and their 1v1 defending was really, really incredible.
0: No one got by them. They did a really good job on their 1v1 defending of making sure there was cover and and like pressure initially on the ball and then having cover and balance in behind like one or two extra players. That way, if the U.S. defender or if the U.S. attacker got past the first defender, there was someone else there to step in and, and make the space really tight. And also, if the U.S. tried to come over and help out in the offense when going in those 1v1s, there was another player already there. I think it it just looked compact for Mexico. They did a really good job also of defensively staying centrally and making sure it was going to be compact centrally. And then when they got the ball, spreading out wide, using the entire width of the field. um, They did a really, really good job of kind of fluctuating between those two things, which can be difficult and can be really, really exhausting. But they looked like they had – a lot of energy. And and obviously once you get a goal, it kind of starts to spiral from there.
2: Energy, adrenaline, they looked incredibly fit. Uh, Allie Krieger and I were talking about that during the show. Just they looked like they could have kept running. It didn't look like the end of a 90 plus minute game at the end. But I still think the U.S. Women's National Team was their own worst enemy. They cut 10 yards off of each side of the field to play in for some reason when the game was giving them width team's high pressing you, you need spaces. You need time on the ball. You need to stretch them out. You need to give them more time to run at you so that you can pick out passes or dribble by them. But when you play a kind of a suffocating game yourselves, which can be an advantage if you're super clean on the ball, everyone's bought into the game plan. Um, you know exactly where you're pulling them out, where to expose them. It works against Mexico. That's not going to work. It'll It is not going to work. They were too close, putting too much pressure on, um, able to get there too quickly, and it wasn't clean enough for the U.S. to be successful. They became their own worst enemy and kind of hammering down on the tactic to make the field so inverted and so compact in the middle of the pitch that it it didn't help them at all. It it didn't solve any issues.
0: It's almost as if the United States was playing within the lines of the 18-yard extended. Um, Throughout... uh, the first like 20 minutes, I was watching this match and I was like, has Lynn Williams touched the ball? Did, has Trinity Rodman touched, it's like maybe had one or two touches, but I was like, where are our wingers? They weren't, they were so tucked in and they also stayed up really high. It's one thing when you're not getting the ball but you're tucked in and you're higher up the field, you sometimes drop back a little into the midfield. You look to double defend. We saw that with Rodman in the Argentina match when she wasn't getting on the ball as much. Um, She just dropped back. She looked to play a little tighter. She was connected a a little bit more with Lavelle in that 10. Um, I mean, that did not – it did not flow well. All right, let's get through these highlights because – This game was played out in Dignity Health Sports Center in Carson, California, um, and and we'll kind of run through everything that happened throughout this match. U.N. against Mexico, the final group stage match. Emotions were high. Jenny Chu on the ground said that in the stadium, there was a lot of Mexican fans.
2: Yeah, which I love. They deserve to be celebrated and showed out for because this, at the 38th minute, here we have Ovalle against Becky Sauerbrunn. It's a little bit of an awkward ball. She can't head it back. It's an awkward clearance, and Ovalle dribbles around a listener and a little dip and a little chip and gets the first goal in the first half. But you see, this is where there's a little confusion caught between two minds. US isn't used to having pressure off their backs. Um, And then in the 45th, uh, sorry, 45th minute ball goes wide. And this shot had a shook in studio off of the crossbar by number 16 for Mexico. Um, If that would have gone in, I don't know what the resolution would have been at half. I think we would have seen a completely different team. Um, Here's one of the chances the U.S. had off of a Lindsey Horan cross on the right side. Trinity Rodman tries to get something on it. Not enough juice behind her shot, um, and it's cleared off of the line. Uh, It was kind of on frame, kind of not. I'm not sure, but one of the few chances the U.S. had. And then Payal. With this off of the crossbar in the second half, um, this was a warning of what's to come with her because she came in and was insane. Uh, Her 1v1 battles were so good in the attack. And then in the 89th minute, here's one of the most threatening opportunities for the U.S., in my opinion. Trinity Rodman off of her left foot, a half volley, hits it across the face of the goal and narrowly misses. But I actually think the keeper had it covered. I don't think it was going to go in if it was a little bit more on frame. And then off of a throw-in, how brilliant is this? Off of a throw-in, a massive switch, uh, Pelayo gets on the end of it, a little sauce, goes after Midge and puts it into the far post with an amazing shot of listener. There's not much she can do there. But, again, it's the U.S. allowing, you know, Mexico preyed on the width, these big switches, these big balls over the top, these transitional moments. Um, that's why they got the win. There was just a little bit more bite to their game. There was heart. They believed that they were going to score um, and just the basics of even one V one defending, locking a defender to the wing, who you know, especially she just had a shot mm-hmm. off the crossbar. She's not afraid to shoot. <laughs> she no. is not afraid to shoot the ball from distance. Not, so keep her wide, I mean, that's her how out. the first
0: goal came as well.
2: Yeah. It's, it's, they need to stay wide. We can't give them the, this inside space to have a shot on frame, make it more difficult, make the angle smaller. Uh, it's. Yeah, it was a frustrating game to watch for the U.S., but I was happy for Mexico because technically they were so sound and it was fun to watch their game game plan really be executed.
0: Two goals for Mexico as they defeat the United States in the final group stage match of the Concacaf Gold Cup. Uh, goals coming from Jackie Ovaye in the 38th minute. Um, that was. Uh, I want to actually talk a little bit about this goal a little bit more, Darian, because we saw it in the highlights. But this was a moment where the United States was attacking, and Mexico gets one opportunity. They just send the ball long, right? That's initially I was like, oh, they're just clearing it out. They're they're going to look to get it out of their defensive end and press up a little. Bit higher at this point, it's now 2v2 against Becky Sauerbrunn and um Abby Dahlkepper running back. Becky Sauerbrunn is probably 10 yards outside the 18 and she tries to kick it away. Why didn't why don't you think she just headed it back to Nair? Was there too I, much of a distance between them?
2: No, I think it was an awkward if you watch the bounce of the ball, it only comes up to like her chest. I don't think there was enough. She was also running it down, so it's close to her. I don't think there was enough on the ball to come up to her head to get enough power on it, especially when you see, you can hear somebody sprinting behind you about two yards. I know I'm no center back for these reasons. I'm up top. Let me make a thousand mistakes on the ball. And if I score a goal, I had a good game. Um, But see, it's a bit of an awkward distance. She's a little too close to it. So she halts her run, tries to clear it. I think she should have tried to run through it and just Nair come outside of the frame of the goal instead of staying in the frame of the goal to play her the ball. So it's a little bit of a shorter pass where she can just kick it out of bounds um, if all else fails. But it was kind of just I, a recipe. I would of-
0: love... You would it, love what? I would love to know, like, what the communication was in that moment, right? Was Abby camper saying anything to Becky Sauerbrunn? Was Sauerbrunn saying anything to Nair? Was Nair saying anything? And, and maybe... A realistic answer. No one said anything, and that's why the situation. Kind of, the it kind it of
2: seemed that way. It felt like everyone was frazzled, and I don't know if Becky was able to come back after that. uh It felt like it kind of knocked a lot of the flow of the game from her. So we saw actually just from the whole back line, because for the rest of the game, we saw a lot of just odd technical mistakes we don't typically see from the U.S. But again. No team has really pressed the U.S. and not been intimidated to go and get after them and prey on those mistakes before or force those mistakes by having really, really good organized pressure. Um,
0: so or, yeah, or I, I think that shows their confidence. And where if teams have pressed the United States back line, it's when there's four in the back, not just two. Because the way that the U.S. formation was set up, it was essentially Sourbrun and Dahlkemper alone. In the back with Dunn pressing up way high, whether it was Fox, um, Sonnet also stepped in there at times like it was they were really left alone back there as two. And I am and I imagine that Mexico saw that and said, oh, okay, we have two back here, one who is not as fast as the other. And we've got some speedy forwards. Why not? Yeah. I mean, we've been the calling the US.
2: Game. Yeah, we've been calling the US what a 235, basically, super exposed in the back. Um I yeah, I mean, if shout out to Pedro Lopez because I think they looked at the film the US was get was from the last two games and said, Well, we'll go in a 4-4-2. Watch us lock you out. We'll make the we'll cut the field in half, we'll force you wide because you don't want to play wide. And the US kept staying inverted. Emily Fox was a midfielder, had actually one of the best chances in the first half as a midfielder uh and then it was 2v2 in the back you're completely right i think they they were their own worst enemy the tactics were wrong against a 442 mexico side who can press and have
0: the same physicality and speed that the us has it, it didn't make sense there was only one shot on target for the united states and it came from emily fox um who is by trade a defender who yeah, you're right back. It, it, in her in her defense, the only lone goal that she has scored at the international level did come from outside the box, but um stats wise, United States did dominate in possession sixty-three percent. They had eight shots on target to Mexico's twelve, only or 8 shots excuse me to Mexico's 12 shots only one shot on target for the United States coming from Emily Fox three shots on target for Mexico um of course two of which found the back of the net for this final score of 2-0 um, at the end of the day it, it it definitely like we have to give some credit to Ovalle, um who who got on the score sheet first in this 38th minute for the United or for Mexico against the United States on this long lofted ball over top she's so composed She is so composed composed. on the ball. She does a really good job to uh, keep Nair moving, right? She doesn't just look to speed past her. And then it's a great little chip to outside the edge of the 18 into the back of the net. Um, And at that point, I was kind of like, okay, that's that's about right at this point. We we got a game.
2: We okay team.
0: I my score prediction for this was US 3 Mexico 1. So I was like I, I knew Mexico thing, maybe. Yeah. I, don't know. I think you said one as well for Mexico. It was at this point I was like okay, Mexico's going to get one. This is really good. Like they understand the tactics. They're going to get lucky. Uh coming into this game against the United States, Mexico was very very confident after that 8-0 win over Dominican Republic and I I knew that that confidence was going to carry them through to this incredible rivalry game against the U.S.
2: Yeah, no, I I completely agree. And I think we saw the tactical adjustment and the right players in at the right time for Mexico. The thing, the stat that was really telling to me, too, was the nine corners to one for the U.S. Mexico had nine corners. Typically, the U.S., especially if you look at the forwards, they're going one v one. Um, The opponents they're playing usually have to have last-ditch tackles to keep a cross out of the box, clearances, uh, keepers making saves left and right. That gives them a lot of corners. One corner? Mm -hmm. You had one corner. That's so bad. That's, That's how limited you were in the attack and how good Mexico was to not even give you more than one corner the entire game. And Mexico had nine. I think that that was a really telling stat of, the differences in attack for these two teams. Mm -hmm.
0: The opening in my game notes that I I take during the match, um, my very first one after the starting lineups, right, and all of that, fourth minute in, Mexico corner kick. And I put a star next to it because in the opening five minutes, if you're in opposition, even – I've talked to coaches and they say, hey, if we get a corner kick in the first minute – We are off to a great start. That means that you're in their attacking end. You're throwing chances towards the goal, and the opposition just has to clear it out. Fourth minute, Mexico gets their first corner kick, and the U.S. is back defending, having to organize against it. Um, Very interesting. I do like that stat, D. Thanks for shouting that out. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. There is so much more to chat about. We only got through the first 38 minutes, frankly. Uh, (laughs) Mexico beats the U.S. 2-0 final group stage match of CONCACAF.
1: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Hey guys, welcome back to Attacking Third. We're talking about the United States 2-0 loss to Mexico in the final group stage match of Group A in the CONCACAF W Gold Cup. Um a couple a uh, fun facts for you. Um this win is the first time that Mexico has defeated the United States on U.S. soil. Um, and this was also the first time that Mexico beat the United States in 13 years. Three months, 21 days. Um, insane. That came back in in 2010. Um, there was also a, a lot happening this. After the goal came in the 38th minute by Jackie Ovalle, that was the first time the U.S. has been scored on in CONCACAF play since 2010. That was also against Mexico. Um, so a lot of history being made. We talked about the first 40 minutes or so of this match. Um, before we get to halftime, The final five minutes of this first half, I I took down some notes about it because there was shots and opportunities. Carla Nieto for Mexico, she had an incredible opportunity outside the box. The chances that Mexico was getting, it's not like they were in behind the United States back line or getting the U.S. to turn and face their own goal. It was shots from distance. Did you like that tactic Darian?
2: I love it. If you can do it, why not? And even I I actually really like when teams take some shots from distance because even if maybe you're not confident in what's going to come of it, one thing's going to come of it is that the defense, whoever the opponent is going to have to step to you. They're going to have to respect that one of these could go in, especially if you hit off the crossbar. That is that gives the attacking team so much confidence and the defensive team like, oh, my God, something needs to change. Somebody needs to step out. We need to get pressure. We need to have some sort of adjustment. Why is nobody in their face where they have, they're not allowed to have space to get a shot off like that. And we didn't see it happen. It, that wasn't the first time that Mexico tried their hand at a shot from distance. You know, sometimes it wasn't accurate. That's okay. Um, but we saw other teams do this Argentina too. And the U S really had no resolution for it. They were just trying to condense into the middle of the field with their two center backs but there was still nobody there and i think that's why we saw tactics change a little bit for the us Sonic coming in for that double pivot mock 8 positioning to maybe plug some holes in the middle but again mexico was like put another player in the middle we'll, <laughs> do, we'll keep going wide it it just it didn't the math wasn't mathing for the tactics for the us yeah. and mexico was so steadfast in their game plan and it it, it worked out
0: so at halftime for the United States, they're now down 1-0 against Mexico on a Jackie Ovalle goal in the 38th minute. Um, from outside the box, a transition moment to Chip, Nayer, frankly, and Sauerbrunn and Half Halftime for the U.S., we see some subs coming in. Alex Morgan for Lynn Williams and Sonnet. Emily Sonnet for Sophia Smith. I was so confused. I was like, what is happening? Why are we taking out – two forwards and only putting in one more forward. Um, And you're exactly right there. U.S. is just trying to clog up the middle at that point. And I don't think this was the right choice at the end of the day. I, I don't understand to me, why Sonic came in. I I understand why changes in the front line, right? Lynn Williams had the least touches of any player in this match. Um, She wasn't getting on the ball. She wasn't finding the correct spaces. Frankly, none of the forwards were. Um, I I think Trinity Rodman was working a little differently to try to find the ball at times, but she still wasn't on it, right? There weren't moments where I was like, yes, Rodman's got it. She's going to go. Maybe like the 65th minute. Frankly, I I wrote down in my notes that Rodman had a really good opportunity. The U.S. built through the lines. They moved really quickly. It was a little quick combination between Rodman and Morgan. But these changes at halftime, uh, what did you make of them in the moment? Uh, I was shocked. I think my initial thought was, why are we going defensive?
2: Why on earth are we going defensive? Smith was our best forward in the first half as well. I thought she likes to turn on the ball. She draws the defenders out of position. She was getting fouls. She was getting uh, free kicks higher up the pitch. That's something That's something that's important. Something. Us. Hey, yeah. that's something. It, it gave them a different look. It gave them a scoring opportunity. Although they weren't on frame, they weren't executed that well. That's okay. I think my preferred – what I ideally saw happening was Williams coming out. You're right. She had the least amount of touches, only 22 of a starter in the first half. Um, wasn't really – Able to beat the defense um, going one v one. They were really tight and organized. So I would have loved to see Williams out and Shaw or Midge Purse in. Uh, I think Shaw actually as a false nine, maybe rotating with uh, Sophia Smith a little bit. I think we needed that technical aspect of someone that's really comfortable in tight pockets. That's not afraid to turn. It's not afraid to take shots from distance. That a little bit more of a playmaker has a better connection with uh, Haran and Lavelle in the middle and put Gurma in, in the back line for Becky. Her her confidence was rocked, which I, I completely get that happens in a game. It's a big moment. The crowd, the ambiance is getting to you. Um, you. Make a technical mistake like that as a veteran, you you know what to do. You know what the issue was, it, but she couldn't come back from it. And I think you could sense that for the rest of the team. Anytime the ball went over the top or against, there was a 1v1, it was like, oh, what's going to happen? Um, so I would have put Gurma in. They needed speed. She she has the speed. Dahl Kemper and Sarbrun are not the fastest center backs. And Gurma could have made up for that. That could have been another fail-safe for them. So I was very intrigued by the subs. What, what would you have changed?
0: Yeah, I was very intrigued by it. I wanted more width. So I'm mm-hmm. glad that Rodman did not come out. She's a player that can stretch and go wide. She did not. I'll, I'll preface that by saying she did not. But the U.S. needed width in the front line. Um, I think Midge would have been a really good addition at halftime for this U.S. side because of how well, she executed the wide game in the U.S.'s first match. Yes, it's against the Dominican Republic, a different opponent. There's not the level of competition and rivalry between the two nations. But she still was feeling herself and having confidence in that moment. And at the 45-minute mark, there's still enough time to make mistakes as a player, right? I, I wouldn't expect purse to go onto the pitch at 45 and juke out 10 defenders and get a goal immediately. Uh, I would expect her to kind of hit some roadblocks and say, wow, their 1v1 defending is really good. How do I problem solve this and get around it? Because we saw Mitch Purse problem solve already in this tournament. In-game, we saw her do it. And at 45 minutes, there's enough time for her still to problem solve. She does eventually get in, but it's well later in the game. And at that point, there's not enough time to problem solve. as efficiently, right? Like you, you have a little bit more leeway with 45 minutes left in the match. Yes. I I would have liked to see midge purse on at that point. Um, Germa in the back, hands down, Germa in the back. She should have started this game. Frankly, I I don't understand why she didn't. I really wanted to see Germa and doll camper side by side in the back line. They play together at San Diego wave. They would have been a good fit. Um, It would have been very fun to watch them together you're exactly right with Becky Sauerbrunn. At, at that point, I think it was just a bit of a mental thing because we've se- I mean, I feel like I've been watching Becky Sauerbrunn my entire life. Yeah, same. I, pra- I practically have. And she never makes mistakes like that ever. So it wasn't, I don't know. I think at that point, it's the coach's decision to say like, we know this isn't you. Mm -hmm. And, like, something bad happened and we're just going to, like, take you out and wipe the slate clean. I wonder if there was a conversation at halftime, Becky being a veteran, being a leader, being one to maybe galvanize the group in the locker room or lead a conversation that changed if she was going to come in or out.
2: Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm curious as well because she's so much more quiet than – I, like to, from my yeah. perspective playing against her she's a, more of a quiet leader to lead through action and so making a mistake like that you're not captioned for the game it's you were brought here off of someone else's injury uh it's i think there's a lot of factors that go into the wavering confidence we saw but i think you're right i would love to see person but her hamstring was really taped up when she came in um and I wonder if they were trying to limit her minutes, but you're right. I wish she would have been the sub at half if, if all is good, because then you have time to break things down. You're right to analyze, to problem solve. And her confidence is a, at a high going one V one. Exactly. She's beating this girl, give her the ball, let her go on V one, make her a staple for the U S uh, even if she's someone that has to come off the bench for this team, maybe she's not a starter through and through her confidence coming off when she has a little bit of time to shake and bake is compared to none and she can break down any player so for her to come in late and then as someone of a wing back defender because rose was high as the right forward uh, like it it didn't make sense and then we saw them get exposed something that we didn't see against china where midge was playing the outside back or this wing back yep. was well one v one battle where she had to really defend yeah, and we exactly. did, and she got exposed, and it's just it wasn't. I don't think it was setting up these players that are showing really good moments in where they're typically comfortable playing. Uh, it didn't set them up for for success, uh, and it was the U.S.'s downfall.
0: Yeah, for sure, it was. We did see more subs come from the U.S. and Twila Kilgore's side. Seventieth minute, Corbin Albert comes um, in as well as Mitch Purse. This is when she got her opportunity. Sam Coffey out, Emily Fox out. Um, And then again, maybe around the 80th minute, uh, Jaden Shaw came in for Rose Lavelle. So there were changes made, um, which, hey, we didn't see this the last time was, The U.S. was losing the World Cup. Yeah, it It was was frantic, chaotic. The U.S. was all over the place. At this point in the game, around the 75th minute, they started to make sloppy mistakes, the U.S. It was like they had a missed touch. At one point, Emily Fox played the ball wide and it just went out of bounds. Like there was like very small things that in the grand scheme of the game, you might not notice, right? Especially if the U.S. is winning. But when you're down 1-0 at this point, And now you're starting to see tiny mental lapses where there's giveaways, mispasses, just bad spatial awareness from the U.S. You can feel that they're kind of getting shifted out of the intensity of the game and the focus of the game. And Mexico is just – feeding on those mistakes. They're already leading. They haven't taken their foot off the gas pedal by any means. It, it's when the Mexico had the ball, they were like, let's go to goal. Who cares if we're one nil up? Who cares if there's 10 minutes left in this game? Let's go. They get another opportunity. Uh, Polejo a shot from distance that tests Nair very well. Um, I, I think Alyssa Nair, despite conceding two goals, she was a bit of a consistent factor when it came to like intensity. For the United States, she had really good saves, um, uh, specifically this one in the 85th minute. Uh, She makes the initial save. The ball stays in bounds, and it kind of goes right to another Mexican attacker. Nair gets right back up. She makes herself big, and she stops it. It was a really, really good save. Final five minutes of the match. Mexico, they just keep attacking. They had so much confidence. Um, And uh, At the end of the game, watching Mexico's bench was – it, I'm so like happy for them because the bench was so giddy. You they could looked not, like, not be elated for them. Yes. It looked like Christmas morning on the bench, <laughs> and they were so happy. They were hugging each other. There's five minutes left in the game. Stoppage time comes up. They're like, all right, we just have to get through stoppage time. We're going to keep attacking. We're going to keep shooting shots. And before you know it, in the 92nd minute in the stoppage time at the end of this one, Palejo gets an insane goal. It comes off a throw-in, a huge switch of the field. And Paleo is essentially 1v1 against Midge Purse. There's a couple more defenders in behind. Um Paleo's just sixth cap with Mexico. She also had a goal against Argent or against the Dominican Republic in Mexico's second match. Um, an incredible screamer. There is absolutely nothing Alyssa Nair could do for this one. She shakes and bakes, gets her own midge purse, and hits it upper 90. I could feel the shaking stadium of all the Mexican fans, so excited. My jaw hit the ground. I'm actually pretty sure I yelled here at, at what is it, midnight, 1230 in the morning when that happened? Um, insane, insane way to end this game for Mexico. They weren't content with just one nil. Um, they wanted more and they were feeling confident with it.
2: Yeah, they they just looked like they had more heart. I think a big part of this game was the mental aspect as well. Um, I think Mexico just knew like, Hey, let's get chippy. Let's be physical. Let's press. Let's make the U S make mistakes. Nobody makes them make mistakes. Uh, and you're right. We saw some technical lapses at the end, balls being passed out of bounds for no reason. Um, disconnected, very simple passes were being missed. Fundamentals went out the window because of Mexico's press. And I think once Mexico smelled blood in the water, They were like, let's go, let's cook, let's keep this press going. And I think it just gave them more and more energy. And the U.S. had no response. There wasn't any. Even, you know, Mexico wasn't playing the most beautiful football ever. They weren't. Like It came from a throw-in, a big switch. The first goal, the second goal did. And then the first goal came from a clearance to another lead-on off of the clearance. And they were just hopeful. Forwards create something out of nothing, and that's what they were doing. They were making something really special out of big balls over the top, breaking the U.S.'s press um, or blocks in the middle of the pitch mm-hmm. and use it to their advantage. They they really deserved this win.
0: They did. So much confidence from Mexico throughout the entirety of the match and everything they did as a group as a defensive unit as an attacking unit and then individually right even for paleo to rip that shot from distance like you have to have confidence to do that i'm not even Elio doing that on tuesday directly yeah. she was on fire it was crazy um all right post game we have jenny chu out on the ground in california uh, she was there getting some post game sound take a listen to defender abby doll camper with the u.s well you guys
1: wanted but what can you take away from this already reflecting on it
3: Yeah, I think obviously that's, it's disappointing. Um, You know, Mexico played a great game, um, gave us a lot of, you know, pressure. And I think technically we were poor today um, in the execution and we need to reflect and look back um, individually and together and we'll uh, get better from this and learn from it.
0: Were these the moments that you guys were asking for, kind of being in this competition, being forced to problem solve so that you could be ready for maybe an Olympics or a World Cup?
3: Absolutely. Um, You know, and with the quick turnaround, um, we have a lot of rotation. And um, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's now it's the knockout round and uh, we'll see who we get. And um, credit to Mexico. They're a great side and um, playing really well this tournament. So um, we have to do
0: better and and we'll be better. Technically not good enough. That's what Abby Dahlkemper says. Um, Is that a fair assessment, Darian?
2: Yes, Abestel Campus. Uh, technically, not good enough. Not enough heart in the game. I it it felt a little bit how we were so critical on Vladko in the World Cup about how there wasn't much chemistry. It seemed like the game plan wasn't working. Where can we see a change? What's what's the game giving you? Can you make the change as the coach? And we saw Twila Kugor trying to make changes, but it, it none of them were right. Um, and then. Yeah, I think I think Abby hit it on the head with that. It, it just wasn't good enough, and Mexico deserved the win.
0: Yeah, Mexico definitely deserved this win. Now, the U.S. does still advance. They get out of this group stage, um, which Abby does allude to at the end of that post-game sound, saying that uh, they get another game because of this win for Mexico 2-0 over the U.S. Uh, Mexico wins Group Ooh. A, um, so they get higher seeding automatically, and then the United States will finish second the U.S., And Mexico qualify um, for the quarterfinals. There's three groups in this tournament. um, So the top two teams from each group will qualify as well as the top two overall third place teams. Uh, Still a couple more match days to play in group stage before we find out that seeding. We'll we'll fill you in on that a little bit more at the end of this episode. Um, All right, Alex Morgan. She also had words to say. She came on in the 45th minute um, at halftime for the United States. She spoke with Jenny too after the game. Alex, this isn't the result you wanted, but you're on to the quarterfinals. What did you learn about your team today?
3: Uh, We just didn't play nearly our best. I think, uh, you know, we found some pockets here and there, but not nearly enough. Um, Didn't execute on the chances we had. I don't think we tested the goalkeeper. I think um, we got broken down way too easily. And, uh, I mean, Mexico came to play today, so they played really well.
2: This is a rivalry that you guys have seen for so many years. But to kind of see CONCACAF raise its level, what does that mean to the U.S. national team as
3: well? Yeah, I mean, not only CONCACAF, like the whole world is um, continuing to raise a level. It's helping with all the leagues around the the world. um, And uh, Mexico is definitely a product of that with their league. So um, just, yeah, CONCACAF is, is not what it was. Um, 14 years ago, I think, when we had our last loss to Mexico. How do you turn this page
2: and focus on the quarterfinals now?
3: Um, You know, obviously we know we're through. Um, We're going to have to digest and break down this game. But... uh, to Know that we have opportunity regardless of who we play. We'll find out in the next two days. We have to turn it around, we have to pick our heads back up and know that um this wasn't nearly our best, and when we're at our best, we can we could play and compete and beat anyone. Thank you,
2: Alex. Thank you.
0: Not the best for the United States words straight from Alex Morgan. Um, I think I I recognize that in the opening 20 minutes. I was like, what is happening with this team? I, I thought it was interesting, Darien, how Alex Morgan says. We didn't create enough chances. We didn't test the goalkeepers. We got broken down too easily. These are tangible things that she's saying we didn't do good enough. Yeah,
2: 100%. And, I mean, we agree. It's what we've been saying this whole show, what we said in the studio show. It just wasn't good enough. There wasn't enough creativity, what we were seeing before in the previous two games. There was a loss of that spark and sense of freedom, I think. Um, And Mexico, for sure, suffocated them. But – that shouldn't really be a fault. Maybe one or two times, and then you switch up. Okay, this is what they're doing. They're they're trying to collapse us in the middle of the field. Let's stretch it out, like you've been saying, Lisa. Let's get wide. Um, you know, a player I would have loved to hear from post game is I would have loved to hear from Crystal Dunn because she was the best player on the pitch for uh, the US for me. And anytime she was in the midfield, she because the inverted outside backs are basically sixes at this point. Um, But anytime she was in the midfield and got the ball a little bit higher, she was playing these passes that were breaking lines, that were decisive. Um, She looked dangerous. She was clean on the ball. But I don't think anyone was really up to par on the same page as her. I want to hear what she has to say. I also would love to see Crystal Dunn in the midfield for the U.S. Women's National Team.
0: Well, Darian, think, hello,
2: let's go. I'm going off on a tangent now, but uh, <laughs> she she was the player of the match for me for the U.S., and I think she was one of the players that actually was reading the game and saying, okay, we need to pull them out. Somebody needs to check off of the back line and bring out a center back so that they're trying to collapse, and then we can use our inverted wingers wide, um, this narrow wide position that they were playing in. But no, I don't think anybody else was reading it in the same way that she was.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good shout. It, w- it would always be interesting to hear what she has to say as someone who's been on this team, been on this roster through the highs, through the lows. She's seen adversity, um, what she saw throughout this entirety of the match. I like the shout for Crystal Dunn. We are always preaching for Crystal Dunn to be in the midfield. We would love to see it. Um, but the U.S., they move on. Despite this loss that they suffered in the group stage 2-0 to Mexico, they advance to the quarterfinals. Um, We're going to talk about it. We have a little bit more to break down for you guys. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this quick break.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
0: Hey, welcome back to Attacking Third. United States fall 2-0 to Mexico in the final group stage match of the W Gold Cup. Let's recap this a little bit more because you mentioned that there was a loss of spark, a loss of freedom from this United States side that we saw in these opening two group stage matches for the U.S., um, why do you think that was because it wasn't going as well as the U S plan because of the opposition, maybe being a bit stronger than the first two that the U S saw or personnel. I, I want to kind of peel back that onion a little bit. Why do you think that
2: peel back that onion girl? Uh, I think it was all of the above. There was a loss of confidence in the system when suddenly it wasn't working. They were playing against a better opponent, uh, who was, really prepared going into this game um, they were clinical they were decisive when going forward they weren't allowing the. us time to breathe I mean how much time you look at the last few games we actually did a tactical pack on how they scored goals how much time Becky and Abby had on the ball no one was pressing them they got had time to pick out their passes take four or five touches um make a pass move a little bit get it back there was none of that this game they were swarmed. So I think that being kind of a shock to their system, it wavered their confidence a lot. And as the game went on, we saw it manifesting in technical errors. One v one battles were rarely won in the attack. Um, I don't. I don't know a forward that had one good one v one that sticks out to me in my mind. Actually, uh, not using the width. Not not. <sighs> this was my biggest thing I wanted from the U.S. I think this is going to be a really good learning lesson from them. Watching this mm-hmm. tape back is. What was the game giving us in real time? Why didn't we make those moments, those adjustments in the moment? If they're giving, and, us and real- how
0: do you recognize those win. against the next opponent? But I think Crystal Crystal Dunn is one of those
2: players that did. That's why I wanted to give her a shout earlier. Yeah.
0: But I I was talking with yeah, but the if one if only one player is recognizing it, yeah, I, this is the leadership good enough. part
2: where I think it's going to take yeah. some time for somebody to take the team under their wing and make those adjustments in the game. Because you have players that are not afraid to do that. But at the same time, it's, I don't know if it was a coaching thing. They didn't want to step on toes or if there was misinformation given, or it was too late to change the game plan and players were confused. It, it felt like all of the above, but I, I really wanted to see a player or a group of players changed that game, changed the tactics, Mm -hmm. because it just wasn't working. And they kept doing the same thing over and over again, um, not utilizing the width, and they were their own worst enemy. What do you think, Lisa?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that in the first 10 minutes or 20 minutes of this game, you could tell that something was different, and it is a rivalry game. And maybe that's why we saw the lineup that we did, because this is a rivalry game, and players... Um, like Corbin Albert, where Jaden Chell might not know what that means at the senior national team level yet, right? Even Sam Coffey, I would argue, might not know what that means. Whereas a player like Becky Sauerbrunn, who was there in 2010, the last time Mexico did this against the United States, she knows what it's like. She knows how chippy Mexico is going to be. Maybe that's why we saw this type of lineup with uh, the most experienced lineup we've seen all tournament. But I also don't think that it justifies that type of lineup just for this type of game. That's why you have these players on the roster. Have them talk to them Give about that it. experience, yeah. Yes, have them talk to them and say, hey, if Becky Sauerbrunn can say to coffee, they're going to come after you and they're going to foul you and it's going to be dirty and they're going to be talking smack and mm. it's going to be aggressive and they're going to be all over you. It will be a different beast. Get your mindset now. The yeah. U.S. wasn't ready for that.
2: Yeah, it's such and- a big mental game. And allowing those younger players, you're completely right. Allowing those younger players this moment to get that to be like, you know what, this team, look at how buzzed they are. Look at them in warmups. Look at the energy they're bringing. Listen to the crowd. This is not for us. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're how all wearing you? Mexico jerseys. They're all wearing Mexico jerseys. How are you mentally going to stay in this? How are you going to be able to stay focused? And when things aren't going right, this is what's going to sh- this is what's going to weed out the players that are going to make the Olympics roster. When everything's going wrong, who can problem solve? Who can change a game? Who can lead the team? Uh, No matter if you're a veteran or a younger player, it's your first cap, it's your 170th, I don't know. Um, But I think this is going to be a really telling moment um, for this game and going forward of the leaders. Who can solve when things are going wrong? Who can read tactics in a game and make adjustments in real time? Uh, and I think it's also a big learning lesson for Twila Kilgore. This was this was a really good game for Mexico that raised a lot of questions to the system that they're playing. Um, and I think other competition is watching this and taking no.
0: So how important is this? I, I, well, personally, I think this game is very important for the U.S. to learn from and to be able to grow. Um individually, as a group, to watch film. This also came in the final group stage match. The U.S. had already qualified ahead of this game. Of course, there's a lot on the line because the way that this Gold Cup tournament is broken down in the quarterfinals, the teams get seeded essentially based on goal differential. Wins first and then goal differential is a huge factor. So the more goals you've scored and the less you've conceded, the higher you are in the seedings. Number one plays number eight. The U.S. had already qualified. How much of an emphasis do you think it was for the U.S. to win this game? I mean, of course they want to win, but get a good goal differential versus trying things out because they've already qualified. It's a group stage match. Might as well well, try things out now because next game it's do or die and go home.
2: Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, Obviously, they want to win. The U.S. never wants to lose or not score goals, but I do think it was still testing the waters of this system of – hey, how can we play in these really tight spaces and be technically sound and develop our game in that way as opposed to, hey, actually our 4-3-3 where we let the forwards do their thing and cook wide and go 1v1 and pull them out of position was what would have worked better. That's actually what makes more sense in this moment. Um, I think it was forced a bit to try to stay in this system in this formation and these tactics of being really narrow um, I think that that's honestly what we were seeing was that this is what they were told that we want to work on and we're going to stick to it and we're going to learn from it and break down from it. But at the cost of losing, I, I don't think that that's worth it.
0: Yeah. Very interesting. Um, I think it, it's a little bit of a sigh of relief for the U S for fans because it was just the group stage match.
2: Yeah. And it's, it's um, this tournament. This isn't the Olympics. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know what I mean? Uh, the rather a loss come now yeah. in this moment, they're still advancing. There's still time to make up, to correct mm-hmm. mistakes, to learn from this. You still get some more games together against really good competition. But it's going to be a huge learning moment. And I'm honestly happy they got – not happy they got this loss, but happy they got this challenge against Mexico because I'm sure it was very humbling from mm-hmm. – you know, we were singing their praises before, but – we were looking forward to something like this because
0: it was inevitable. It was going to yeah. happen. And I'm happy it happened this early in the year. You, you always learn your the most in the losses and, and I'm happy for Mexico. I am over the moon for this side that um, crashed out of the CONCACAF qualifying for the World Cup in 2022 with zero points, zero goals, and... Now, they just beat the United States for the first time in over 13 years on U.S. soil. A huge moment for Mexico, um, for uh, Mexican football, for all of those players, um, even the the player that, uh, of course, that got the game, well, the the second goal for Mexico, Myra um, in the 92nd minute, she grew up U.S. Youth International. She is from West Palm Beach in Florida. She was a Florida Gator and now she plays for the Mexican national team and just beat the United States, something that Jenny Chu talked about post-game as a former Mexican international and youth U.S. player. Uh, she never thought, something like this would happen. It's a really big moment for Mexico, for Mexican fans, for Liga MX Femenil, the domestic league in Mexico. This is a huge moment, moment, a turning point for football in Mexico, for football in CONCACAF um, on the women's side of things. It was insane, a moment for this Mexican side because props goes to them, an excellent game plan, a way that they were able to carry out this match. Um stay confident, stay true to themselves. They advance, they move on, as does the United States. Um, but we don't know the seeding yet. So the way CONCACAF Gold Cup is working, the U.S. has advanced, but now it's based on goal differential. We won't know that right now at this point. Um, there are still matches today on Tuesday. And the final group stage match day is Wednesday of this week, February 28th, uh, 9th or 28th. I'm sorry. I'm so confused at the days with this whole leap year. Um, So after those final match days happen, then the seeding will be done, number one through number eight. One will play eight, two against seven, three against six, so on and so forth. So the United States doesn't know their opponent yet for the quarterfinal. Honestly, I'm happy they don't at this point. They need to focus on themselves today, watch film, get better, not focus on who they're going to play next. That's just my two cents, but... Um, we'll see the United States moves on despite this loss two nil to Mexico in the final group stage match. Final thoughts from you, Darian, on this historic night in CONCACAF. Uh, Mexico
2: deserved it. Congratulations. I love what this says about women's football and the growth of it, because typically this is a game where you're looking at the U S dominating Mexico and we're getting humbled. The rest of the world is catching up. We're seeing the growth of women's soccer, around the world in every league and i love it i am here for it the more competition the better the more women and girls that get to come play this sport at a professional level and compete the better that means we're all doing the right things um so i'm happy for mexico this is an incredibly well-deserved win and i'm happy for the us this is going to be a big moment to go and watch film i'm sure they're already watching it maybe two three times <laughs> coming from that game working on these mistakes, adapting. Um, I think it's going to be a big growth moment for the leadership for the U.S. from the coaching side and the players. I'm here for it. It needed to happen. And we're seeing a huge, huge shift in the domination of women's soccer around the world. And I'm here for it.
0: Yeah, we started to see it this summer at the World Cup, but it's definitely continuing and the stronger CONCACAF gets, the stronger the U.S. will get, the stronger women's football will get. Ultimately, it's a good thing. It's a sour pill to swallow right now for the U.S. and for the fans. Luckily, the U.S. gets another chance. They will play in the quarterfinals of the CONCACAF W Gold Cup, that match and their opponents still to be determined, it'll either be Saturday or Sunday, March 2nd or March 3rd of this weekend, the quarterfinals of the entire tournament. Um, you can watch all of it. Our coverage, in-depth analysis on Paramount+. Plus. Coming up today on Tuesday, it is Group B Action Colombia against Puerto Rico, 7 o'clock on Golazo Network. And then Brazil versus Panama that coverage all starting at 9 p.m. for a 10 15 kick on Golazo Network this evening. Uh, with yours truly, Darian and I will be there. Um, thanks everyone. We're everywhere. We are everywhere, but it's fun. It's good to cover. The U.S., they lose to Mexico 2-0 on a historic night, the first time Mexico beats U.S. on U.S. soil in over 13 years, um, but they advance. Thanks, everyone, so much for joining us. Uh, We so appreciate it. Um, Be sure to follow all the CONCACAF Gold Cup coverage across Paramount+. Plus. We'll see you soon.